Hey dudes, this is Victor Ung, one of the hosts of this Badass Asian Dudes podcast. This week, we have on JT Sui. He is a success and mindset coach. He's come from many years of physical education teaching, using sports psychology to help other people connect to their greatness. He helps people gain clarity on what they truly want in life and how they can release what's keeping them stuck where they are. Certified as a Proctor Gallagher Institute consultant, doTERRA wellness advocate, and a co-founder of the Win Each Day community, JT is truly a badass in how he helps people level up not only their physical lives and health, but through their mental and emotional health as well. Before we get into the episode, uh, a quick update on our end. If you've been looking for a brotherhood of growth-minded Asian dudes, you can join the 1,200 other members in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash badass Asian dudes. And you can also follow us on Instagram at badass Asian dudes official to stay updated on our content as well. You can also subscribe to our email list to get badass Asian dudes approved products and services, as well as the nine ways to become a badass Asian dude yourself which is a collection of wisdom from the guests of this podcast. You can download that by subscribing at badassasiandudes.com slash subscribe. With that, let's get right into this episode with JT Sui. What's up, Badass Asian Dudes? My name is Victor. Today we all have on an awesome guest, uh, JT. How's it going, man? Great, Victor and Nick. I appreciate you having me on. Excited to have a conversation. Yes. Yeah. And we, today I also have on my co-host, uh, Nick. You want to say hi? Hey, y'all. It's great to be here again. It's been a bit since I've on the podcast, but I'm super excited to interview JD here. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right. Yes. We had, um, I actually had you on my podcast, the Human Up podcast before. Um, Sabo and Brandon, the other moderators of the group, had you on the Happy Asian Males podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously love having conversations with you about mindset about your journey about the um basically how you became badass too in your own way so um having that said actually what we like to start off with that question for everybody what does being a badass asian dude mean to you uh that's a great question victor um to me being a badass asian dude is about you know a very holistic approach, right? It's, it's being a badass in terms of mind, body, and spirit, right? And really showing up as, as cliche as it sounds, as best self, not only as a man, but as a husband, as a father, as a son, and just, 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 you know, being great in all areas of life. That That's what to me is, is being a badass Asian dude. Yeah. So being like a lot more like well-rounded and, and, figuring out the other areas that you can improve on, but also yeah. like owning up to the, the great parts of yourself as well. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I like the holistic word there too, because I feel like if you focus too much on one or two areas, it's actually pretty easy to excel in one or two things. But when you try to excel in all things, then it turns into more internal work, right? Mm-hmm. These the deeds will follow from who you are. So I like that, that like it's everything. You've got to include everything to be truly badass. And a lot of that means you have to turn inside. I love that. Yeah. And that that's really relevant here too, because you're. It sounds like you you have 
um, you're on that sort of holistic journey in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. Um, Your earlier career was based as a physical education teacher. Mm-hmm. So focusing on a lot of sports psychology and, and sort of mental, or physical fitness. Yeah. And now you're working a lot with mental fitness and sort mm-hmm. of this mindset and um, law of attraction and, mm-hmm. and these kinds of things to, to create more of that balance. Like maybe tell us a bit about your, your work there, sort mm-hmm. of your transition into okay. coaching and, what got you here? Why, why be on this journey? Yeah. Um, I think like everyone, it's the, the more I've gone inside, right. The more I've learned about myself and it's just given me greater awareness of who I am, right. And what makes me unique and and all those stuff. So I guess, you know, when I was a phys ed teacher, you know, um, I focused a lot on the, on the physical side, right. And, and more on like the doing part, where over the last few years, as I have really embraced per- my own personal growth and self-development, I've learned that we also have an intellectual side, right? We also have an intellectual being. And then we also have this spiritual being. And, and you know, sometimes spiritual, sometimes we, we connotate it with religion, but it's not. It's just understanding that we are, there's something greater out there than what we can physically see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. Right. So that's, that's pretty much what the transition's been is more about myself seeing the value and tapping into the other parts, right. Beyond that, just go the physical. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I came from a very like, uh, left brain, logical kind of like tangible side of things. Like as I went into web development, computer science, you know, um, eventually product management, which enabled a little more of the social like right side of the brain the more creative side but you know i I definitely have that history of um or or bias or something towards the more like physical tangible stuff and for me like exploring the more emotional and spiritual side of things is has been really interesting thing i see myself kind of you know uh (laughs) like i don't know if it's just being like devil's advocate or just being like critical <laughs> of lots of things but you know we, we can definitely get into that i definitely want to get to that too because i feel like for me with the uh physical aspect i grew up not athletic at all like i was a super nerd growing up just like victor was saying i was super left brain all into the analysis uh and being really smart and like logically smart but then i think part of my journey has been also like eventually i like made my way through like MMA and cage fighting and got to like be a kickboxing instructor. And there was actually this huge intuition piece, which is like learning to trust your body. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, I would love to hear about like, how did your physical education and how did your like sports coaching, how did that influence a journey to turn inside? Right. Because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of Asian guys in particular, they, they don't sometimes when they don't have a lot of athleticism in their, their earlier life, they don't ever get that like sense of intuition and trust itself. I wonder yeah. if that was something you had early on because of your physical education. Yeah, no. And I appreciate the question. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, you know, we have that internal guidance system, right? Intuition, self-trust. And, you know, we work so much on the physical plane, right? Like I was mentioning through our sensory factors, right? You know, by what we hear, see, smell, taste, and touch, but we're conditioned and programmed to work that way, right? Like we're just, that's what is passed down through the genes. That's what is, you know, we're sort of conditioned during the early parts of our life. So, I think once I developed that awareness, 
to work on that, it just opened up my mind, right? And where the value of coming from a sport and athletic background is, I have this drive and this persistence that I will just work at things. I'm very process-driven. So I'm sort of fascinated with trying to figure out how things work, right? And how to best apply them to me. Um, So that has been definitely a very valuable on my, you know, journey. Um, But the other thing is, you know, speaking about, you know, law of polarity, I've also realized that it also has developed this mentality to sometimes want to feel like a hustle and grind, which I, which I sometimes have to keep, which I sometimes catch myself and reminding myself to keep in check. What, what do you mean by law of polarity? I don't know what, what you mean by that. Yeah. So it's just one of those, uh, one of those seven laws of nature, right? So for everything, everything has a positive and a negative, right? So again, coming from an athlete background, you know, I have learned how to be very diligent, how to be very disciplined, um, how to be persistent. But then at the same time is it's great when you're working at a craft, say on the football field or on the track, but at the same time is, you know, it, it, if you never learn how to turn it off, then it can also be something that de- like that I've learned from my past that has kept me away from showing up as the best dad and, and husband, right? Because I am just constantly trying to work and tweak and, and do all that and doing all those things. So it's just everything has a positive and negative, I guess is the easiest way to explain. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes me curious about, you know, the sort of what you've, what, what sort of a catalyst or, or something that's happened in your life to want to now focus up more on the, the mindset stuff, um, you know, coming from the, the more physical world? Like, was yeah. there something that sort of sparked that change or, or curiosity for you? Yeah, uh, definitely. This transition, right? Moving away from a very successful teaching and coaching career, right? In a traditional sense. And essentially having to figure out who am I away from those things. And because it's done that, I've realized me getting to that point has been me really prioritizing the mindset piece, really going deeper within and, and figuring out who am I. And then as I've done that, it's allowed me to better understand myself, gain greater awareness. And because I have greater awareness of who I am, I'm actually able to lead more people now. And, and better lead people, right? Yeah, so leadership was a big part of this. Like, was there some th- somewhere then you feel felt like maybe not having this, you weren't like a great leader then? I mean, I definitely have my own <laughs> answers for that, but I'm curious from your side, like what was like, yeah, like what was an example of yourself not being a great leader? Okay, um, no, that's a great question. So... Again, leadership and coaching, it used to be my, my weeks when I, during my coaching seasons, during like heavy football and track seasons were 60, 70, 80, 90 hour weeks sometimes. So I was an effective leader for, you know, our other coaches, the athletes, but I wasn't being that leader at home because, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my wife and kids were getting whatever was left over. So really what it's taught me through this journey is I need to focus on myself, right? And understanding who I am, what I want. And by 
sort of giving myself more time and energy, I'm able to better prioritize the important things. First off, my well-being, which then allows me to show up better for my wife and kids. Then that allows me to be a better example, a better leader for my clients and, and anyone I come into contact with. Yeah. And that makes me think about too, like how it seems that as humans, we kind of uh, start outside in, right? We like go to the workplace and try to be the best leader and put it on like, you know, or, or whatever. And then, um, and, and at home though, personally, or even just at home, like within your immediate family or, or friends that, you know, part of that leadership is missing that confidence, that assertiveness. And then even internally, like leading your own life and taking lead of your own life, being intentional about, you know, who you surround yourself with or what you do, how you spend your time. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned all that because that's kind of a lot of my journey in that, like, as, as I was growing up as the oldest Asian kid, you know, um, or the oldest son uh, and, and firstborn in America, like, there was a lot of a uh, sort of a absorption of like, oh, this is what you have to do to be a leader, like, you know, in, in the workplace or, or whatnot. Uh, but less of that conversation about like, how do I really, you know, lead myself and take ownership for myself and, um, and then like, you know, build out from, from inside out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. So I guess then for, for those who might be in that phase, uh, what would you sort of recommend or, or what would you comment on, you know, those who are in, in this exploratory phase, but don't really know like how to start, how to really like look internally more, um, yeah, I know it's a kind of big and vague question, but <laughs> yeah, you know, again, it's it's creating and and one of the things one of my mentors talks about is you can't manage time, you can only manage your activities. And whatever your starting point is, right? Whenever we start to prioritize manage activities that give us a chance to kind of just hit pause, to take a few breaths and just go within whether it's getting outside for a walk, right? Or whether it's med- learning to meditate, whether it's just journaling, whatever is the easiest access point, it's just giving yourself permission to sort of create that space for yourself, right? And and understand that it's a journey. You Like this journey is going to be until the day you leave this earth on, from this physical body and just being okay that it's not an end destination. The growth journey is ongoing. It's, it's gonna, you're gonna grow, you're gonna evolve and being objective with yourself and just embracing it right that's actually you know i'm dealing with a client right now as a coach who she has uh, like roughly between 80 and 100 hour weeks she's working in a financial firm and a lot of the conversations i'm having with her are about uh specifically taking one or two extra hours at the end of the night before she needs to just crash into bed to like yeah. you know decompress take some space and she'll bring up all these reasons on like um why it's hard for her to take that time do you have any advice for people who are like thinking like even that one or two hours that like you know i think the three of us have learned to like prioritize mm-hmm. ourselves and meditate we see so many results from it but what, what's some advice for people who are like struggling to find that initial hour or two to themselves to really start looking inside 
Yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you go back to it, right, it's really, like I said, it goes back to that idea of just managing your time. So, you know, and, and I say this looking back on my own journey, you know, I would spend hours a day listening to all the podcasts, you know, reading, spending hundreds of dollars on books every month and, and, and doing, you know, going to the weekend workshops. What, what I found was it was taking time away from the three people that I wanted to show, you know, that were really the most important one. So I guess to answer your question, Nick, I've learned that, you know, as I've become more focused on, on my own growth and doing the mindset work, I don't invest, I invest an hour a day. And I know that seems like a lot, but when you really take a look at your schedule, I mean, that's four, 4% of your day, right? I think it's just a matter of just really prioritizing it first thing in the morning, doing the things. So that's probably to your point, right? Do it first thing in the morning because it's going to, it's going to set you up to thrive the rest of the day, right? Prioritize that time early in the morning. Yeah, I think that's a really good advice. I've, I've found a lot of times, especially when it comes to like my workout or like self time, if I let work cut into it, which happens a lot, then I just lose that self time all the time. And when I prioritize in the beginning, it's like when you're fresh, when you have a fresh battery and you're able to like get started. Also, it helps to like wake up super early, right? And just get ahead of everyone else being on work to get the hour in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm curious now to maybe switch gears a little bit, but, but also like um, getting into the the obstacles and the struggles you have had now, mm-hmm. you know, starting to go into yourself, like being that, you know, more introspective and kind of mm-hmm. shifting mindset. And I know that's like, I, th- I think that's again, back to what my earlier comment on, like sometimes we'll, fiz- we'll, we'll focus outside in because it's a lot easier to yeah. know, you know, what to do on the outside world, <laughs> the external yeah. world, right? Like you have this physical, like working out, for example, you know, you, you lift this weight, you get bigger muscles, like, you, you know, you'll it's something very tangible. Um, and so, you know, there, I feel there's a lot of obstacles, even for myself, you know, now doing more mindset, internal work. So I'm curious from your end, um, what were obstacles that you've faced, um, either just for yourself or also in the context of being Asian and also being a man, you know, where, where might those roadblocks be for you? Yeah, um, definitely the one thing I've noticed, right, is I've learned how to be a lot more objective with myself is, you know, personal growth and self-development can be an interesting space, right? Because you do go to some dark and, and, and scary places, right? And it's sometimes a matter of just a, being able to observe them without judgment, right? Which is like the pr- preface of what, the, you know, mindfulness right? is being able to just be aware and just go. Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned in this journey, and I'm glad I went through it because it's allowed me to be who I am, is just really objectively looking back and seeing how much of my past experience was many of the things that I did was based on other people's ideas or beliefs about what I should do like the path I should follow, right? And what I've learned in the last year, and I was talking to a former colleague about this this week is, you know, it's just, it's great to be at this point now where I just don't give a, you know what, about it, right? Like, this is my journey, right? Like, you know, why can, I'm like, I love the fact that I'm 40 years old, I still rock a mohawk, right? I love the fact that I wear different color socks. And, and you know, it's just, it's just sort of like embracing who you are and your uniqueness and just letting that shit shine through. Right. No, it's great. We can, we, 
we can swear if we want. Yeah. <laughs> if we want. Uh, is, is, I guess, part of being badass, just not giving a fuck about yeah. what everybody people yeah. think. But uh, no, I appreciate that. So just really like embracing, you know, what is what is true and real for you. Um, but I guess like for me, like how do you, it's still easier yeah. said than done, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I I think for me, and maybe this is me like having so so many layers of like wanting to be cool or whatever. I still might find myself do this even subconsciously, but like, how do you really release like wanting that validation Mm -hmm. from other people? And then, and then maybe even balancing that with like, sometimes you do need validation to like kind of know (laughs) where you're going or whether you're not, you're doing something right. And also to be like socially aware. (laughs) Right. But so how do you almost like find that middle ground of like, yeah, being your own, but also. Yeah, no, and that's a great question, right? It's it's understanding, you know, and, and learning that the way we've been taught to think and act is is like a program, right? It's like we have been, it's like it's like our operating system on our phone, right? Like we have been conditioned and programmed to think in a certain way, right? About all aspects of life, right? And when, like you were talking about the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind is working 96 to 98% of the time. So m- the majority of stuff we don't do is on, un- is unconscious. So a big thing about that is learning to, and this is where the starting point of everything comes to is what do you want? Right. And that's one of the first things I ask. And that's one of the first things I, I do with my clients. What do you want? What do you really want? And it's creating that space and getting them to dream and tap into those things, like the imagination, the intuition, like what is it that you want? And when you really say, this is what I want, right? And, 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 and go for it, then you bring more of your uniqueness. And I know that seems really like airy fairy really out there, but once you do that, you just, you take inspired action, right? You just, there's a different energy. There's a different juice about someone that's just going for it, right? What they want. And then when you do that, yes, from time to time, will the doubt, the worry, the fear of what other people think will come up? Yeah. Right. Like no, like those paradigms will always be there. But again, it's about creating that shift back and what do I want? And then whenever you come back to that, it's always like, that's the fun part. I love that. I actually just got chills hearing you say that because I have that exact expression. Whenever I'm noticing myself getting self-conscious or whenever Mm -hmm. people ask me about the whole self-conscious or like awkward angle, it's you paying attention too much to what other people are thinking about you. And the way you cut through that is you ask the question, what do I want to do? Right. Like it was like, there's so much synchronicity in what you just said. And what I kind of like, have, <laughs> I, I've also recently discovered the last year or two is just asking that question cuts through so much of that, that the should language or like the language of like what people want from you and just say, what do I want for myself? And what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Right? So I love that. That was super cool to hear from you independently because I've been thinking the same thing recently a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and I think it's one of those things too, where, you know, we don't have to do that by ourselves. You know, I, I think like um, it's finding, cause my mind's kind of going in a lot of different directions right now, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, you know, I think with, when, when asking the question, what, what do I want for many, including myself, that can be so stressful. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want to think about, you know, what is it that I truly want? Because I don't know. There's like, you know, how do I know what that is? 
Um, and so that's why I mentioned it, it is important to have the people around you who can help reflect that or help ask the questions and whatnot. So having that said, I guess, how, what was your process like in terms of determining what you want for yourself? Like, how did you, how did you get there? And then also what were, what were the steps and, and struggles along the way? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It, it's an ongoing journey, right? So it, yeah. it's giving myself permission that my why has always been to impact others. Like one of my gift has always been, whether it's teaching, whether it's coaching, um, you know, high school level athletes, you know, provincial level athletes, or even now what I'm doing with people in their life, it's, it's being able to really raise up their belief in themselves to get them to think highly of themselves. Right. So, so what that's done is how to, so how did I get to ask that is, is just, again, giving myself permission and time every morning to sit, right. To have that, you know, that those, those guided questions to, to actually have an, have a, the right coach and mentor for me that was asking me those questions, right. That was holding me accountable to what I wanted. And just by constantly following, you know, by allowing them to hold me accountable, right. To what I want and giving me that space, I have found that I've just gained greater clarity, right. The more I ask that question, right. Because most of the time, and I think back to my clients, uh, I th- think of one in particular. I've known him since he was 14 years old, right? So he, now he's he's in his mid-20s. And the interesting part was he was mentioning how the first time he sat down to start to journal about those, like he came up with like one thing. And then, you know, again, because we've been, again, going through the repetition and creating that space for him, now, you, like now he's got like a shopping list of stuff he wants to pursue, which is like, and it's just amazing just to seeing him like take, right? Like totally bring all his potential to the surface. And and I love that you're, you know, providing this space for people. You know, I think about the next generation as well as you're talking about that. And um, I, it's something, again, I wish I would have had, you know, growing up, like to have people ask me those questions uh, growing up as to in an Asian family with immigrant parents, like we don't, we don't ever have this type of conversation, you know, like it will be like, this is what you want. This is like, you should do this, you know, rather than like having the space of like, Oh, what, what do you want? Like, how can you get there? And like, um, yeah, Victor. So, yeah, I would go even further and say I think uh, Asian society, the way that Eastern tends to think, because of like collectivism, right, is that it's actually mm-hmm. not good to think of an individual. They they teach mm-hmm. us, and at least the version I experienced from a Korean American family is like this idea that um, being looking out for yourself is something to be shamed about, right? And they would shame based tactics to like really point out how like something I wanted. They would say things like, "How did we raise you to be this kind of person that would want yeah. this? What did we fail at?" Which is like classic shaming, right? And like. Like, like these days we look back with like Brene Brown, Ted talks and things like that. Oh, that wasn't great. I'm not blaming my parents or anything, but I think it's just like an artifact of growing up Asian that we have to like sometimes untrain ourselves to actually learn to think for ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess. How does, how does that land with you, JT? Like, is, is there any sort of resonance with that or. Yeah. And you know, and I think Nick brought up the right idea. It's not about, you know, I, I've learned that, right? Because I, I've, I've had a challenging upbringing with my dad, right? Like just, it is what it is. But, you know, when I really go back to it, even, 
why is he the way he is? Because that's the way his parent, right? He did the right. best he could with based on what his parents did. Why were his right. parents? Like when you really go back to it, like Nick said, it's just there's this, there's this way, this condition and programming that's been passed down through generation, 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 right? And And when you really start to understand that whatever's happened in the past, it is what it is, right? Um, you know, let sleeping dogs lie, right? Let it, let it be, but then use it as an opportunity to, to move forward, right? So the past results are in the past. Like it's like report cards, right? Like it doesn't matter, right? What are you going to do for it? And for me, where I try to do that is, you know, trying to be the best dad I can be. I, shit, I don't get it right all the time, but I refuse to, I refuse, I take responsibility for how I show up for them in the fact of I can make their future even better. And when I have those slip ups, it's being compassionate with myself and going, yeah, learning experience, do better job next time. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. This is, this is interesting kind of thing too. Now, as I think about, you know, so as you're sharing, it's like, yes, there is this awesome opportunity as, um, Asian Americans or anyone in as an Asian diaspora living in a different, you know, culture than where their family's from to be able to mix different ideas, different perspectives, different cultures, different values. Um, and, and so now we're in this place of, yeah, we can really grow from here and, and be better. Um, how then do you balance that with not like, projecting that type of potential or growth onto others, right? Like, yeah. oh, this is like, these are all the slip-ups now <laughs> here that I've noticed. Like, how do I, how do we like, you know, make sure that we're not also just, yep. you know, I guess projecting is really, really the only way I could explain that. Yeah, no. And, and that's a great question. You know, again, that, that's a, it's a delicate tightrope, right? Like you're constantly doing it. So for me, I know, um, it, it's about giving my kids choice and getting them to think more. Like, I know we think like, to me, it's thinking like mental activity is not the same as thinking. Like, you know what I mean? Like actually giving some thought to what we want. So a lot of the times I do, I have been working over the last few months. I'm really prompting my qu kids questions. Like, you know, as opposed, you know, just asking like how, you know, as opposed to why did you do that? Right. You know, what, you know, what could we learn from that? Right. And just, and just really getting them to do that and giving them choices. Like we'll be out for walks where as opposed to like dad telling him, no, I want to walk this way. What way do you want to go? Right. So it's like a little like intuition exercise where like, which way do you think is home? Like just fun little games there where, where I, where I build them the ability and I, I push them to think but then also give them permission to take some risks and have some fun with it and just, you know, use, yeah. use, use everyday things as like teachable moments. It sounds like you're also like building this ownership muscle, right? It's like, you're owning these decisions. I'll be like, if you get us lost, I'll be lost with you, but I want you to get us lost and figure out how to get us back home. That sort of thing. Right? Mm -hmm. I love that. That's super cool. I, th I think about a, another cool analogy with that is, you know, in like, packs of packs of horses like the the lead uh stallion actually leads from behind you know and so they from that angle could have a a wider perspective of where where what direction to go but also also gives the other horses you know ownership of where they want to take their life or, or path or whatever uh so so that's super cool to kind of 
you know, in a way, take a back seat where you can push, (laughs) but be in a more guiding way as well. Um, Again, back to, you know, the next generation, like I, this is something I wish I had, like I've, there's, I'm, you know, being a coach, I'm obviously biased as well, but like (laughs) there's, there, if, if I had sort of this space to express myself vulnerably, um, especially through uncertainty and the whatever anxiety I have or stress or worry, but not feel shamed about it or like judged or like having some sort of bias about like what I should do. You know, I, I, I don't have regret, but I do get curious, like where, where would I be or where could I be in that sense? And um, I'm grateful that I get to do that now in this space, but I think like, to be able to provide that for um, a growing generation, like really like, especially as our minds are still very much being developed and like learning from new experiences um, would be super cool. So do you still currently work with um, younger students or where, what kind of is your sort of client base? Yeah. Client base is mostly after high school. Um, interestingly enough, I am thinking about ways of, of going back, you know, and, and I shared this with you, Victor, last time we chatted, so I'll catch Nick up. Um, I needed to leave the system because, uh, it just wasn't the right fit for me anymore. But mm-hmm. over the last couple, I'd say I've over the last month, I've thought, you know what, I've created that space. I, I am, you know, serving people once they leave high school now. Now it's a matter of, okay, how can I work and come back as an outsider, but help build some capacity and leadership within the system? So I guess the the long answer would be stay tuned. I, I am looking to do some, to some things to go back in the system. Just because... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, digging into that, does that mean like you want to work with high school age kids again where like help them like like teach them kind of the way, same way you're coaching your kid right now, but coach them in some of our life choices and help them like learn ownership of their life earlier? Is that what you mean by that? Well, yeah, so it, it's been interesting. I've had a few of my former athletes, I've just gone into university and college and, you know, they've been <laughs> reaching out because, you know, simple things like, timetabling, right? Managing, you know, like, like trying to manage all their activities. So I I've realized as they've reached out and I do my best that if someone reaches out to ask me for something, if, if bandwidth wise, I can do it. I always do my best because, you know, most people don't ask for what they want. So I always do my best there. So yeah, it's, 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 it's around, yes, introducing some of these ideas around mindset, personal growth, self-development, right? Self-awareness, but just doing it in a way that meets them where they're at, I guess is probably the easiest way of saying what I would like to do, Nick. Is there a movement in the education world right now? To, like, because self-development has really taken off, right? And mindfulness in the adult world is such a hot topic, right? Is there any movement? Because I haven't been around in high schools in a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, do they have that in high school where like, oh, they're doing meditation classes or they're teaching you how to like be more mindful. Is that a thing that's happening in high school these days? You know what? Uh, we're at a point where... I think over the last few months, they realize like, you know, it's really putting stuff to the forefront, right? Like wellness is something that's a very hot topic now, right? Like I think we're seeing right now with COVID that people are struggling and people are challenged, right? So what from the conversations I've had with a few decision makers, 
I think the system is ready now to do it. I think they haven't always been ready to make the big change. Like I think there's this sort of messy middle where I noticed this my last year of teaching. I'm not a psychologist or a social worker. So technically I don't have the formal training, but then, you know, you have all these kids that are just struggling and they have no one to talk to. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is a growing movement. I think the one thing that has to happen though is it needs to kind of just be open that it's going to be sort of a work in progress. Right. And that's part of why I did some of the training once I left teaching with mindfulness without borders. It's why I've done some of those stuff. So now when I go back to the schools, Hey, I am trained in social emotional intelligence. I do have some of those quote unquote certifications. So now it gives a little more credibility to what I'm doing. Right. So I can help at the end of the day. It's not about me. It's about giving a system that, uh, that can impact staff and students. I do find that really interesting because like when I think about the mindful like life coaches I've run into, very few of them are like psychotherapists or like, like classically trained discipline of the mind. So mm-hmm. it, it does make sense. Whereas like, if we're trying to find lots of life coaches that we could like help students <laughs> with, it's gotta be like folks like us. Like, I mean, JT, I think it sounds like you have the perfect education to actually introduce that topic in it because you have so many qualifications that are related to the school system, but not necessarily like in psychotherapy, right? Maybe that would be like the perfect use case of, you know, you don't need to be a psychotherapist to teach mindfulness and how to like live a great life. It's actually related to all, everything we always do, you know? And yeah. I think that's a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, can I, can I just add something to that, Victor? Is that Over okay? sure. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so part of why I want the mindfulness to come in is it is that to me, it's that first step of really developing that self-awareness piece, right? Like, you know, practicing gratitude, right? And practicing, right? Meditation and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's an easy access point for everyone where, you know, when I'm really focused on, you know, what am I doing with some of my other clients, that's like, okay, you've developed the awareness, but how do we then tap into the full power of the mind and really go from merely just, you know, surviving the day to day, but then how do we take that into thriving mode? Like let's, let's create the life we've always wanted to live. Right. So it's kind of like catching, you know, a big catchment, right. Where you can help people wherever they're at. Love it. Yeah. I, uh, I just, I guess I'm, I do have lots of curiosity about this stuff (laughs) and, um, at the, and and at the same time, like skepticism too. Mm -hmm. So again, like coming from that left brain side of things, you know, I I do, um, I, I realize that I am like a questioner in terms of like, all right, what, what does this actually mean? Or like, how, how does this apply? And so, so, you know, I can see where, for myself, even getting into, it's ironic being a coach now because I had so much like skepticism or judgment towards them. And then like the wellness and mental health in general and like, you know, like people going to yoga and like putting on essential oils and, you know, I'm maybe not that far yet, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I'm curious now with sort of the law of attraction side of things. Mm-hmm. So I know we kind of had, you know, small conversations here. We haven't really gotten deep into it, but, you know, for, for those who are like, um, I guess let, maybe I'll start from my, my end of things where there's obviously things I do want to start attracting and manifesting in my life as I'm like going into this yeah. work. It's like, yeah, there's all these goals now and things I do want to hit. Um, 
I, I, I was listening to a, 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 a like affirmation even this morning. It's like, uh, what, what, what does it say? It's like, uh, everything will work out for you mm-hmm. perfectly in the way that you want or whatever. And I'm like, I just get like, is it though? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so like, yeah, how, yeah. how, like, I'm, yeah. So how do you like have like embrace this law of attraction in terms of like, cause I do agree in like your, you, what you focus on expands, you know what I mean? And so you focus on the positive things, you focus on the optimism, you know, you can attract more of that in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you balance that though with like being authentic about it and like mm-hmm. really, you know, being, yeah, just like connecting more deeper to it so that it's not just something we're just faking or pretending for ourselves. Yeah, no. And, and that's a great question. And I would just say, Hey, I acknowledge you for like, and that, that's where it's good to ask questions. I, I don't view skepticism as being a bad, it just means you're curious, you're asking questions, right? So it's interesting that sometimes we, we think of skepticism is bad, but I, I look at it as you're just curious, you want to know how things work. And that's great. You're asking different questions. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for, for being willing to ask those different questions. So that's great. Um, in, in terms of the law of vibration, right? It, it's one of those things where I'll, I'll give you this analogy, right? So positive thinking is one thing and, and don't get me wrong. Yes. I, I love that idea. Like it's all good, right? Because like I was saying, when, when you can train your mind to see the positive in things or when you naturally condition it, right? It, it just, life just is a little bit like you just feel better, right? Like, you know, if, if we all had those days where you like, you stub your toe early in the morning and it just like, you know, it just, it's one of those days, right? But when you really train yourself, so here, I'll give you this analogy. So let's say you're driving in a car. Okay. And let's say that you want to listen to, let's say smooth jazz. You just want to get into that relaxing, that chill, that, that calm energy. If you were tuned in, if let's say on your radio station, it's tuned into like hardcore rock, right? It doesn't matter how much you want to listen to smooth jazz if it's tuned into the hard rock. So really to me, the law of vibration is about everything's constantly in motion. Like everything that you can only, you're in harmony, everything's always moving. So you can only bring whatever you're in harmony with. So you have to change that dial to smooth jazz to hear it, right? So if you're constantly, you know, in that negative, that woe is me, that, that mentality, you'll never attract great things because you're not open to it. Your mind's just completely closed. Right. So, so to me, the law of vibration is just, is just that idea, right? It's like, everything's constantly in motion, right. And to receive great things, you have to be open to receiving them. Yeah. That makes me like think about that gorilla training video. You ever seen that where like they're passing around a soccer ball or a basketball between like people in a bunch of like black suits and you ask how many times did the ball get passed. But at the end of the video, the next question is, did you see the gorilla? And there's like a hairy gorilla in the midst of all the players just like doing its thing. And you like, you're like, how did I miss that gorilla? But it's exactly what you're just talking about. If you're open to looking for all things when you're seeing, or like you're looking for something, you'll see it. And if you're looking for something else, you'll see something else. But it's very clearly there are lots of times where if those two things are mutually exclusive, you only see one thing. You don't see the other, even if they're both there, right? And that's what that's what that reminds me mm-hmm. of what you're saying. It's like if you're looking and you're open to the kinds of success you're wanting, 
and believing that is something you you deserve that you, that will come your way if you like think about it that way that mm-hmm. you can see the opportunities that would actually lead towards that but if yeah. you're more in the mindset of like oh no that's not going to happen because i don't deserve it that's where i think yeah. it's like you'll see that too you'll see reasons why in your life it doesn't make sense right so yeah that, yeah what you just said resonated with me a lot it's a lot like the vibration and the frequency of looking for it because it's probably out there if you just know how to string it together you just gotta be looking yeah. for it and believe you yeah, i want it well, and it's a law of vibration, right? Like vibra- what's vibration, right? Let's let's peel it back. It's just conscious awareness of how you're feeling, right? And and we know that when we feel great, when we're full of energy, that great things typically show up, right? When we are in a low vibration or we feel crappy, typically, right? More crap shows up, right? Um, and And it's being just aware. And again, it doesn't make you good or bad. It is what it is, but just aware that you can shift that vibration, right? You can shift how you feel. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. And I, th- I, I, I would like to add a sense of where if you, if, you, if we are, anyone is feeling crappy that there's, again, it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. not something that, oh, I'm bad. I'm going to start attracting more bad. And, and like, like it's more spiral like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so so embracing and just like or going back to what you said earlier in terms of being, you know, more, uh, I don't remember exactly the words you said, but just being more easy on ourselves in that, like, you know, we have to accept where, where we are and wherever, whether that is the higher end of the peak or lower in the valley and um, not being, not, because uh, uh, I know like people in self-development in general can <laughs> maybe lean into too much where it's like, now there's so many things that I still don't see like uh, uh, that I'm doing right. Like I'm not, <laughs> not in this uh, uh, higher enough vibration. I need to, <laughs> I need to like, you know, do all these things. And so I think it's just as important to embrace the fact that sometimes we will be in a low vibration state yeah. and to take that time for ourselves. Um, yeah. Do you mind if I share something? Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things like I, like I got a message and, you know, and it was one of those things where, you know, we talked about, cause I'm all about strategies, right? So like, okay, so you have that awareness. How do we create that shift? Right? So again, if we're feeling low vibration, that's where it's always about this idea of what do you want? Right? So no one wants to feel like that. And it's not good or bad, but I would say most of us do want to feel great, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the end of it. And yes, it, it's, it's, you know, it will happen where you do fall into it. But, you know, having that prompting question, like, what do I want? Right. And even I found that working with my different clients, like getting them to write down what they want, right. Or getting them to, you know, look at their goal card to figure out, you know, to remind them what they're working towards. Like, it's just that it just stops, right. That, 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 that vicious cycle at times, right. Where you just like keep going around in circles. Right. Do you ever find with that that you have to coach people from letting their limiting self-beliefs actually affect what they say they even want, right? Like I, I can imagine a lot of situations. I probably do this for myself where I had this like grand dream that I really do like have in my head that like makes me come alive to think about. But I just don't really think about it because in getting to that dream, I picture like a thousand things that could get in the way that I need to like work through mm-hmm. to get there, right? Do you find that a lot in your coaching practice as well? Yeah, definitely. Right. Like we always get, you know, we, it's very easy to get 
caught up in the, how am I going to get there? But one thing that I always go, and this is, I, I know, again, it seems really there is your why will, your why and your goal will stay the same, right? But you have to be open to the how, because when we attach too much of it has to look this way, you, you just put a very linear path and you close and sort of you're closing your mind. So one of the things I always say to my clients is, okay, what do you want? Right. And, you know, just be open to the how. And I find just that asking them that how, it almost gives them permission that they don't have to have the 352 steps to get there. It just, just one step at a time, everything you need one step at a time. So what is an action that you need to take now to get you to where you want to go? I like that. And Yeah, go ahead. I, I, there was one other thing I wanted to ask. Uh, what Have you ever like tried reversing that where instead of like looking at the goal you want to get and being open to the how, it's like you're like willing to take one step at a time because it just feels good, but you kind of don't care where you end up. So it's almost opposite of like, you're, you're like, you're pretty set on like what you want to do next one step at a time because it feels like that's going to make you have fun. Mm-hmm. But you have no idea where it's going to go. You know, do you ever like have that feeling, which is like the inverse of what you're talking about, but can also be really fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, again, everything's habits, right? So usually, usually what I focus on is, I mean, even I'll, I'll, t- I'll speak from my experience, right? Every day I build these systems that get me towards two things. Like, you know, I, I just want to get done two things a day, right? Like getting it there and everything, every habit that I have, whether it's how I, you know, the mindset work, um, what I fuel my body with everything is just a matter of just focusing on those two things and doing it at the highest level possible. And just repeating, repeating, repeating. So typically I, I look for those big macro steps that are moving me forward, right. By just trying to break it down to right. Like two a day. That's good. Yeah. I think limiting that focus is really helpful because it's like, just don't look at the rest, just laser focus on that one, two, and it makes a big difference in just making you get momentum. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's discipline too, right? It's, I know discipline sometimes, you know, discipline's a bad thing. No, discipline to me is being able to give yourself a command and follow it. Right. And where I've learned that I've, the times in my life where I have got into trouble is in any aspect, health, relationships, career, financially is when I don't keep my word, right? Like I say, I'm going to do something and I don't do it. Right. So you got to be impeccable with your word and you got to keep, you got to, you got to keep most importantly, you have that discipline to follow through on what you say you're going to do. I I heard a really cool phrase for that, the do say ratio, you know, so it's how, how equal is your do and say, you Mm -hmm. know, what is that ratio like? Um, and that goes back to integrity, right? How how can we align our actions with our words? But for me, is adding that extra layer of our feelings too, of our emotions, and really being in tune with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, there, I think there's maybe a lot to go in there. But <laughs> uh, you know, coming up on our our time here um, for the hour, uh, it's been super cool to to chat through all this. I know that you know. I think. You, even providing a lot of your answers and nuggets of wisdom here for us has been been cool, and I I can totally imagine any other listeners to, if you're relate relate to me that there's going to be even more questions <laughs> with with all of these things. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, to to that uh, to that to that end, for you know, in in the name of 
being open and, and vulnerable here is a lot of what we like to uh, explore in this podcast is like, what is an area then or an answer for yourself then that you still don't necessarily have for yourself in your life, in your work and relationships? Um, what's something that you're still exploring or being curious about and might not have an answer to? <laughs> yeah, for what I've noticed over the last, you know, let, let's say few weeks is again, learning to be more open to the how, right? I, I just think it, it's so easy to get, to think of this is the only way to get things done. And what I've learned is that listening and, and Nick mentioned earlier, like listening to my intuition, figuring out what, what do I, what do I want? What do I really want? Right. Is, is, is an important question and being in con and asking yourself that on a continuous basis. Right. And, you know, simple things like I didn't want, you know, just being open to exploring going back into schools now and seeing if there's a possibility to collaborate with schools to support staff and students in the system. Right. Or, you know, whether it's being open to, you know, coming on the podcast and having this conversation just because it might inspire someone else to ask, you know, ask some different questions. So that that's for me is really, um, learning to just embrace things that different things, different ideas, right, Victor? Cause that's where I can appreciate what you were saying. Like in the past I was skeptical as well, but I, but for me, what really got me, you know, to become a believer is I've just seen how much infinitely better my life has got when I've learned to just believe in the invisible, right? Believe in the invisible, you can achieve the impossible, right? And that's sort of like what I'm working on right now. Mm. So even in what I heard then is like maybe not having the answer for the 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 how of what you're of what you're gonna do. Uh, or, or to achieve any of the the goals that you have, but um, but to yeah, as you said, take one step at a time, mm -hmm. embrace that. Cool. Nick, did you have any final thoughts to add in there? Yeah, I loved a lot of what we talked about. I loved how we like that whole "What do you want to do? What do I want to do?" I love that. There's so much synchronicity there. I love that last expression you just had. I've got to think about that believe in the invisible so that you can do the impossible. I really like that. The idea that like there may be something beyond what science can measure and that maybe working through us, the universe work as our co-pilot to like achieve things that our ego and intellect by itself can't do. Right. We yeah. got to believe in that sometimes. I really feel like we can do something larger than ourselves. I love that. And it's been a great conversation. JT. This is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our, awesome. Albert Einstein said it, right? Everything's energy, right? Like that's physics, right? And and I, this stuff seems really like out there, but really everything, everything is energy, right? Everything's constantly moving and just, you know, have some fun, right? Ask different questions. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, JT, for coming on to this podcast. It's, man, yeah, super interesting conversations in, in lots of different topics here. And uh, how could people find you or get connected to you? 
Yeah, definitely probably the best way and where I'm probably giving the most values in my is in my Facebook community, my private Facebook community, which is thinking into greatness. Um, every, you know, again, I'm sharing different things. Um, I do my best to go on a daily live where I just share something just like a two to three minute idea thought and really just try to give people just just get people to think right and just, you know, not go on autopilot, you know, gives, you know, do some thinking and just uh, get them to ask questions and just like you said, just, just, uh, yeah, just enjoying the growth process and sharing it with others. So that's probably Love the best that. way. Love that. Definitely join that group. We'll put it in the show notes. It's super important as, as we're all mentioning here to continually be on that path to, to, to continue asking ourselves these questions, um, and to have the space to, uh, reflect that with, with others too you don't have to do it alone so um thanks again for coming on and uh that yeah that, that's the last words that i have so <laughs> thanks again jt yeah thanks for having me on guys i really appreciate it <laughs>